0: Good morning, and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Saturday, January 27th. On today's show, despite Booker's 62-point game, the Pacers rally to sink the Suns, and Jamrachova and Sakamoto take home the Aussie Open junior titles. Plus, sources reveal Rivers is set to make his Bucks debut on Monday. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with an unexpected turn of events in the NBA, where the Indiana Pacers managed to overcome Devin Booker's 62-point performance, staging a 17-point comeback to defeat the Phoenix Suns 133-131. Obi Toppin broke the tie with a putback, with just 3.4 seconds left on the clock. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about this game?
1: Absolutely, David. This was a game of two halves. The Suns, led by Booker, were dominant in the first half. Booker broke his own Phoenix record for points in a quarter with 29 in the first, and the Suns managed quarters of 40, 40, and 34 points. However, the Pacers made a crucial adjustment in the fourth quarter deciding to send an extra defender to get the ball out of Booker's hands. This strategy worked, as the Suns managed just 17 points in the final quarter.
0: That's quite a turnaround. But despite the loss, Booker's performance was remarkable. Can you put it into context for us?
1: Certainly, David. Booker's 62-point performance was the second time this season and seventh time in his career that he scored 50 or more points. He joins Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan as the only players in NBA history to record multiple 60-point games in a loss. However, Booker was quick to point out that the Suns have some things to figure out, especially on the defensive end.
0: And what about the Pacers? How did they manage to pull off this comeback?
1: The Pacers showed great resilience. Despite being without injured All-Star guard Tyrese Halliburton, they managed to fight back from a 54-37 second-quarter deficit. Pascal Siakam led the charge with 31 points, while Andrew Nembard added 22 points and 6 assists. The game was finally tied at 129-129 when Nembard scored on a short step-back jumper with 159 to go. The winning basket came from Obi Toppin, who grabbed a rebound and made the basket, capping off a monumental 24-hour stretch for the Pacers, who also defeated Philadelphia the previous night.
0: Thanks for those insights, Celeste. Now, shifting our focus to tennis, the Australian Open Junior Girls singles title has been claimed by top-seeded Renata Jamrakova, who secured a 6-4, 6-1 win over 15-year-old Emerson Jones. This marks Jamrakova's first Grand Slam singles title. Our correspondent Bella is here to delve deeper into this.
2: Bella, can you tell us more about Jamrakova's performance? Certainly, David. Jamrachova, a 16-year-old Slovakian, demonstrated an impressive performance at the Rod Laver Arena. She made six aces and saved five of six break points, clinching her first Grand Slam singles title in just over an hour. She expressed her joy and admitted to initial nerves due to the crowd and the significance of the venue, but managed to overcome this by focusing on enjoying every point. And this isn't Jamrachova's first success at Melbourne Park, is it? No, it isn't. Last year, she won the Juniors Doubles title at Melbourne Park and also made it to the semifinals of the Juniors tournaments at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. It's been a stellar season for the young player.
0: Moving on to the boys' final, Ray Sakamoto of Japan
2: managed to rally and beat John Kumstatt. Can you walk us through that match? Absolutely. The fourth-seeded Sakamoto, who is 17, had to withstand 25 aces from his big-serving Czech opponent, ranked number 42. Despite losing the first set, Sakamoto managed to regain momentum and clinch the title in two hours and 11 minutes. It was a hard-fought victory. That's quite the comeback. How did Sakamoto react to his win? Sakamoto expressed his gratitude to his coach and supporters and also congratulated his opponent, John Kumstadt. It was a moment of sportsmanship and celebration.
0: Indeed, a great display of sportsmanship was seen at the Australian Open Junior Finals. Thanks for that report, Bella. Now, shifting gears to the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have officially hired Doc Rivers as their new head coach. This announcement came just before the end of their 112-100 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Abby. So Abby, what can you tell us about Doc Rivers and his new role with the Bucks?
3: Well, David, Doc Rivers is a seasoned coach, having led four other franchises since he started as a head coach in the 1999 to 2000 season. He met with the Bucks team on Friday morning and delivered a powerful message about the team's identity. According to Bucks guard Pat Connaughton, Rivers emphasized the talent on the team and the need for other teams to fear playing against them.
0: Interesting. And when will Rivers be coaching his first game with the Bucks?
3: Rivers won't be coaching his first game until Monday night on the road against the Denver Nuggets. He will, however, be introduced at a news conference on Saturday morning.
0: This is a significant change for the Bucks, who just fired their first-year head coach, Adrian Griffin, earlier this week. What can we expect from Rivers' coaching style?
3: Rivers is known for his ability to command respect and lead diverse personalities. He's led teams through different eras of the NBA, which should be beneficial for the Bucs. He's also bringing in a pair of veteran assistant coaches, Rex Kalamian and Dave Yerger, to fortify the Bucs bench.
0: Rivers does have a significant track record, but his playoff record has been less than stellar in recent years. How might this impact the Bucks?
3: Yes, while Rivers won a championship with the Celtics in 2008 and reached the NBA Finals again in 2010, his playoff record has been blemished in recent years. However, Bucks forward Bobby Portis expressed excitement about having a coach with something to prove, suggesting that this could be a motivating factor for the team.
0: Rivers also has a previous connection with the city of Milwaukee, doesn't
3: he? Indeed, he does. Rivers was an All-American guard for Marquette in the early 1980s. This return to Milwaukee could add an extra layer of motivation for him. Thanks for the updates, Abby.
0: Now, let's switch gears to baseball. The Texas Rangers, reigning World Series champions, have finalized deals with veteran reliever David Robertson and outfielder Travis Jankowski. However, they have yet to reach an agreement with AL Championship Series MVP Adales Garcia ahead of salary arbitration hearings. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent Michael. Can you tell us more about the deals with Robertson and Jankowski?
4: Certainly, David. Robertson has agreed to an $11.5 million one-year deal that includes a $10 million salary in 2024 and a $7 million mutual option for 2025 with a $1.5 million buyout. Jankowski, who led the Rangers last season with 19 stolen bases, has secured a one-year deal for $1.7 million. And what about Adolis Garcia? What's the situation there? Garcia, a two-time All-Star slugger, has not yet reached a deal with the Rangers. He requested $6.9 million, and Texas offered $5 million. This is the widest gap among the 23 players around the league who exchanged salary proposals with their teams. The hearing is pending, and there has been good dialogue between Garcia and the Rangers, according to the team's general manager, Chris Young. What can you tell us about Robertson's and
0: Jankowski's
4: performances? Robertson has pitched for five teams since returning from Tommy John surgery that caused him to miss the 2020 season and much of 2021. He made 120 appearances over the past two seasons. Jankowski hit 263 with a career-high 30 RBI in 107 games last season. His 63 starts were spread among all three outfield spots. And how about
0: Garcia's performance?
4: Garcia had a standout season last year, setting career highs with 39 homers and 107 RBI. He also hit .357 with 5 homers and 15 RBI in the ALCS against Houston. However, he missed the last two World Series games due to an oblique issue.
0: It seems like Garcia is a key player for the Rangers.
4: How is he handling the situation? Garcia has expressed some disappointment with the situation, but maintains his commitment to the team. He's known for his dedication to the game and his team-first mentality. Despite the ongoing negotiations, he's focused on helping the club and being a good teammate. Thanks to our Simply Sports reporter, Michael, for those insights. And with
0: that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.